0: The following is a special presentation of the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome to Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy, an hour-long snapshot of everything GVSU athletics, with updates on all 20 varsity sports, in-depth conversations with coaches, athletes, special guests, and more. Now, here's your host, Tim Knott and Jake Levy.
1: Well, hi again, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Once again, Jake Levy here with you, joined as always by Tim Knott. We're excited to bring you an hour of GBSU athletics talk and another great weekend in Allendale. Grand Valley State football, a resounding win, and that means it is now officially Ferris Week. And, Tim, I know this is a fun week all around campus. It's buzzing with Ferris Week on the horizon here, and uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Now we can actually talk about it on the air because it's here.
2: Yeah, it is, and, you know, what a great rivalry this game is. Um, you know, you have two two top six teams nationally. Uh, Grand Valley uh, is number six, which if you really look at the rankings, this is a Grand Valley should be in the top four. This is really a 3-4 matchup the Four-three matchup, whatever you want to say, uh, be, between these teams. Going into the, like as as we look at it today, basically West Florida, Valdosta State, Grand Valley State, Ferris State, and Northwest Missouri State are your national championship uh, teams. I mean, now three of those teams reside in the same region, right? Which is, uh, Northwest Missouri State, Grand Valley State, and Ferris State. So your national champion is coming out of that group. This week's game will play a big role in playoff seeding and who 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 is the number one seed uh who's going to be number 2 and 3 you want to be that number one seed in the in our region because uh two of those three teams are going to play in the regional semifinals uh, right. and then and then have the right to play that number one seed uh at their site so
1: no question we're going to talk all about that anchor bone classic here in just a little bit because let's get through some of the other Stats and figures from the round athletics first here in this rundown portion of our show. Football again beating Northwood 70-9 to in a resounding win at Lubber Stadium. Packed house for family day. Women's soccer got an 8 nothing win over Davenport on senior night. It was rainy, but Grand Valley's offense returned to form. We'll talk about them. A little bit later on as well, we'll hear from Katie Barron later on in the show. She joined us on the Grand Valley State Sports Report yesterday, so we'll have that interview for you coming up in just a little bit. Volleyball head coach Jason Johnson will join us as well. Their team had a tough weekend on the road, losing to both Saginaw Valley and Wayne State, so we'll talk to him about their team's performance a little bit later on as well. They're at the Midwest Regional Crossover This weekend coming up and that is a pivotal moment for that team trying to vie for some seating in the region as they then also look to readjust for the uh, GLIAC second half where they'll have a lot of home games and a chance to really make up some ground in the conference as well. Cross country the Lewis invite the women got a win the men finished third Claudia O'Malley the USTF CCCA athlete of the week for her incredible time twenty-one fifty-four at that Lewis crossover so she earns national recognition for that Tim on the golf course the women had a big day as well last week in uh, Finley Ohio
2: yeah the, the uh, women finished third at the William Beal Classic that was a stacked field uh, that that competed that that could be the site of the national championship uh, tournament uh, the host pulled out and Finley put in a bid so you might be playing on that course Megan Myron finished third and Julia Sanchez finished ninth Elsewhere? Oh, and then uh, on, the, on the men's side, uh, Grand Valley State finished uh, sixth at the Motor City Invitational. Um, that was a stacked field. Again, that was played at the site that the national championship is going to be held. And um, at the PGA t- uh, course there in Detroit, uh, it was a stacked field. The Staxfield Field Lakers finished sixth. Charlie DeLong won the event at nine under. Uh, so you know Charlie's really been playing well, and, and the Lakers really saw a lot of teams they're going to see at the NCAA Championships. If they get there, uh, they have to obviously get through the regional first. But uh, that was the le- last event for the fall. And the Lakers really, came, really came out strong, had a, a great fall, and prepared themselves for the spring. And that's where you're going to have the Gleeck Championships and the regionals uh, to possibly advance to the NCAA Championships.
1: In addition to golf, tennis also wrapping up their fall portion of their schedule, even though they, too, play their championship schedule in the spring.
2: Yeah, the men's team defeated Cornerstone 6-1. to one. Uh, The men will host Grace in the final fall match just Saturday at 1 p.m., um, and the women will be at Valparaiso on Saturday in their final fall match. And like you said, both those teams compete uh, for their GLIAC championships and NCAA tournament bursts in the spring. And, ladies and gentlemen, it is officially crossover season. The first winter sport is underway, Tim, in the pool. Swimming and diving, they competed at a stacked uh, field at the Indianapolis Invite. You had uh, five or six of the top teams in the country. Lakers finished uh, fourth on the men's side and fifth on the women's side. Um, three swim- three Laker uh, student athletes were named Swimmer of the Week. You had Grayson Seegard, Seagard. She was the women's diver of the week. Wrigley Fields, yes, Wrigley Fields, was the men's diver of the week, and Keegan Hawkins, or and Keegan Hawkins r- r- rather, was the Uh, men's swimmer of the week. Hawkins won two events, the 204 and IM. finished fourth in the 100 breast and second in the 200 breast. Uh, Wrigley Fields finished second and fourth in diving and Grayson Seagard, the defending national champion um, uh, in both the one and three meter diving uh, won the uh, one and three meter diving events. Sarah Puskas uh, finished third in the 1,000 free. Samantha Weigel second in the 500 free and sixth in the 200 free. Uh, Oscar Sara Armengel, finished second in the 100 fly and first in the 200 fly. Roger Moret-Sally uh, finished third in the 100 back, and John Kassenbach finished first in the 1,000 free. So really it's a great great event for the Lakers to judge where they are against some of the top teams in the country. Now you know what, where you have to go uh, as you finish the fall. Uh, uh, workout season. Uh, they're going to compete against Lewis this Saturday at home and the first home meet of the year. Uh, but you're really preparing for the GLIAC championships now. You're going to get in tons of yards, prepare for for the GLIAC championships and try to hit those um, times for to qualify for the plays
1: And as the winter goes on, we'll talk about the tapering and the strategy that goes into swimming and diving to prepare for championship competition as well. But that does mean that winter sports are here. Not only that, men's and women's basketball get their official season started on Friday. They begin official practice all counting down towards those mid-November tip-off dates. Men's basketball getting started November 14th at Indianapolis. A big regional showdown right at the jump for Grand Valley State men's basketball. So we'll talk about that a whole lot more as the weeks and month progress towards those winter sports getting in full swing. But we're in the middle of crossover season and we're also glad to bring you the Anchor Up weekly program here every week on the ticket. Well, coming up next, Tim and I are going to take A deeper dive into the anchor bone classic preview that one for you coming up here next is grand valley state taking on ferris state in that top 10 matchup we'll break it down for you next here on the ticket
0: this is anchor up weekly an in-depth update on gvsu athletics on the grand valley sports network
1: Welcome on back to Anchor Up Weekly. It's all brought to you by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Jake Levy and Tim Knott back with you. And it is a fun week on campus. It's the Anchor Bone Classic. It's Ferris Week here in Allendale. That big game coming up at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. It is sold out. If you do not have a general admission ticket, you cannot get one anymore. There are still student tickets available. Students can still get in with their ID. But... No fans can purchase tickets here going forward. So, if you want to watch the game, you can do so on the Grand Valley Sports Network, pay-per-view out-of-market, or it'll also air locally on WGVU. Check your local listings. Or you can hear it on our sister station, 97LAV, that coverage beginning at 5.30 p.m. with the tailgate show, and that should be a pretty raucous tailgate show coming your way on Saturday. What a crowd we expect to have yet again after a top-10 record-breaking crowd this past weekend too.
2: yeah it was jake uh, you know it was a uh number nine i believe um on the list 15,254 uh we're in attendance for a family day against northwood and we're expecting a larger crowd for that uh you know obviously since all the seats are sold uh we're looking for a big student turnout uh, get those students out there for the game and uh, cheer the lakers on in the anchor bone classic and they Uh, Number three versus number six matchup. Yeah, I just go back to that game here a couple of years ago and how raucous that crowd was on both sides. You
1: know, if you know Ferris is going to show up. They're going to wear red. They're going to be loud, so Grand Valley State fans have to do the same and wear their blue and show their spirit. We're looking forward to that atmosphere. It's a little bit different than Family Day, right? Because, you know, with Family Day, you got a big crowd, but it's a lot of kids with their parents. It's a very happy, everybody-love-everybody everybody kind of crowd. I don't think it's going to be quite the uh, the same atmosphere here this week coming forward.
2: This is, this is Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Utah, BYU, Michigan, Michigan State. This is the biggest game in the state of Michigan this weekend. Um, well, Tim, Division it, One, it, two, three—it's two teams that just flat out don't like each yeah, other. Yeah, they don't. They don't, and the fans don't like each other. And uh, so, uh, try to keep your distance from the Bulldogs right. you're, if you're not a Bulldog fan, and uh, because they're gonna—they're gonna bring down a lot of a lot of angry. Angry, nasty words from uh, Big Rapids, Michigan.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's going to be an animosity-driven crowd against each other, but it will be a lot of fun as well, and it should be a great game on the gridiron as well. These are two of the best offenses in the country. If you like seeing offensive football, get ready. Ferris State ranks number one in total offense. Grand Valley ranks number three in the country in offense. So if you look at this game, it just it has... Shootout written all well, over. Well, in it.
2: scoring offense, they're one and two. Actually, fifty and forty-eight points be, between the two. Oh, Grand Valley jumped up yep, a spot yep, after yep, their seventy yep, spot yep, just, this past yeah. weekend. Huh? They, they, they went past Shepard. <laughs> so it's uh, Ferris is number one, Grand Valley number two in scoring offense. So you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of fireworks. Uh, defenses beware uh, because uh, it'll be it'll be an offensive game. But just when you say that turnover is gonna play a huge role in this game. You know um, these teams know each other, so it's not like playing a, norm, a normal X school. Where you're just kind of running free and and far from everyone, right? Um, You know, obviously these teams know each other well. They're going to be defended well, but uh, these teams are driven by the offense. As as is college football right now. I mean, that's the trend in football in general. Alabama, Texas A&M, 41-38. I mean, who'd have thought? You know, Alabama's giving up 41 and losing. Right. Um, So uh, you know that's where this game's going to go it's an offensive battle Ferris State's known for their offense Grand Valley State Cade Peterson named Gliak player of the week again this week um uh you know he's really changed the dynamic of the offense and uh he's really producing uh in all three phases now I will say this neither of these teams have faced a front seven
1: like they're going to go up against this week both Ferris State and Grand Valley State have two of the most physical lines on the defensive side that we will see all year long. So that's going to also play a role into this, right? Like you mentioned, you can't just run free and clear from everybody. You're not going to dominate the line of scrimmage like both of these teams have become become accustomed to on the offensive side of the ball because these defenses wreak
2: havoc. Absolutely. And so that's where tackling in space is going to become the primary uh, focus of this week in practice. Uh, You need to be able to tackle in that one-on-one situation because Ferris wants to get their athletes open in space. Grand Valley wants to do the same. And so tackling in space is going to be a huge key to this game And as you're watching the game. you know not letting the team you know anyone to get wide you want to keep them in, in towards the middle but it's going to happen they're going to get downfield tackling in space is a huge issue
1: and this is a game Tim we've talked about this team's ability to deal with adversity without breaking all year long coach Mitch uses the term fracturing right this team doesn't fracture they're composed they're, they can face adversity as a team the we all we got mentality they stick together through things this is going to be a game that tests that unlike any other because look Ferris is going to score points Grand Valley is going to score points there's going to be a moment where you're down on the score. There's going to be a moment when you're up on the scoreboard. How can you focus, keep fighting till the end? Because, Tim, we saw it with Reggie Bell. We saw it with J. Rue Campbell. These games have come down to the very last
2: play in two of the last four years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you, just look at the last three years 21 uh, 18, Ferris wins at, at, at Ferris State, uh, came on last play of the game. 35 31 came on last play of the game. That was at Grand Valley. Grand Valley actually had the lead, had the, had the um, it's fourth uh, and two, right? That's the Jay, is that the J.R. Campbell one? Yes, and, but the Lakers had the lead when they, with fake field goal that's called back, called back. Fair State uses the trick play throwback to the quarterback to win that game 35-31. The previous year at Fair State, 28-27, were fair scores in the closing seconds after Grand Valley State really had a chance to break that game open early in the second half. And so you're right, it, it comes down to the last play of the game, and so you're going to be tested for four quarters. You have to stay sharp mentally and, and just fight through all the adversity. And be physical for four quarters and be ready to battle. I think that's also where we've seen some of the
1: depth of this Grand Valley State team. Even if you go back to the Northwood game, the entire second unit played the
2: second half on both sides of the ball. And I'll tell you what, Tim, they looked pretty darn good. They did. They did. And, you know, that's great experience because guys are going to get dinged up. You know, we've been talking about the defensive line all year, how it goes 10 deep, and they've been rolling those guys in and out. You really don't know when the starters are in and when, and when the backups are in. Right. It's a very interchangeable position for the Lakers. And the same thing at linebackers. We get Denzel Williams back last week. Holy smokes. Been waiting. Holy smokes (laughs) has been waiting to unleash him throughout the year. He was injured early in the year. You get Denzel Williams back out. All that does is increase your depth at that linebacker position. Now you have Denzel Williams. You have uh, Damon Wesley, Brandon Brown, Abe Swanson. Jake Archibald's done a great job. Yeah, he was Um, fantastic. Antonio Crosby. um, You know, uh, McCurdy I mean there's so many names and our depth is is so good on that defense side of the ball that they're just interchangeable parts and that's going to help you because this is going to be a four-quarter game you're going to get gassed getting your reserves in there getting them quality reps and having them do the job is key
1: yeah and I don't think you're going to be able to rotate the way you have been able to against some other teams for example like the offensive or the defensive line switches that you'd love to do right theoretically if you can get a new set of defensive linemen in every play, that's awesome. And the Lakers have been able to do that. But Ferris State's going to make it tough because Ferris State's going to move quickly just like the Lakers did on Saturday. They're going to go up-tempo. They're going to make it hard for you to sub. They're going to really test you and gas you. So you might have to find out that, hey, So and so's got to play the entire series here, so we need somebody else to play the whole series next time,
2: so we can keep guys fresh in a different way. No doubt about it. And uh, again, and that's where the mental side of it work, be able to fight through the 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 fact that you're tired. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, and you know, it's kind of funny because you you know, with fast break teams now at the NCAA Division One level, you'll see guys kind of all of a sudden go down and and have that yeah. Oh, they're cramping uh, calf cramp. Oh. Oh. Oh, stop so, the play, stop you know, the play, blow the yeah, whistle. there's
1: all kinds of things that will be done this week. Uh, yeah, there will definitely be some gamesmanship. Anytime Tony and bunch comes down here, there's certainly some of that going on on both sides of the ball. But the other thing for Ferris is we look at them now in this matchup. They've got three different quarterbacks that have played. All of them are incredibly different and all of them have been incredibly successful and i think one thing that i got to give tony anise a lot of credit for you know he's always kind of been that quarterback driven offense run the ball with the quarterback he's kind of been able to find some different wrinkles to his offense depending on who's been at quarterback and he's done a nice job of putting all three of them in position to succeed
2: yeah and and, and you know they do they 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 each do something well and he's able to incorporate what they do well but you know when the, th- the so-called throwing quarterbacks in the game, he's going to run. Mm-hmm. When the running quarterbacks in the game, he's going to throw. And so you have to prepare for three quarterbacks, Evan Cummings being the third, which kind of does both of them pretty well. Uh, you're to have to be, be prepared. And it doesn't matter who's in the game. It's about doing your job, right. not doing somebody else's job, because that's when they break the big plays. That's when they get out in space and they create those big plays. They throw the ball over your head when you're looking in the backfield. Um, and so just do your job, and it's kind of like playing Northwood in the old days, back when they had the wood bone just do your job. Don't worry about doing somebody else's job. You do your job and make sure you take care of your business because you're going to need somebody else to do their job to stop the offense. And in the,
1: in recent years like we said this game has been so close, but you know you've obviously been a part of this Anchor Bone classic a lot longer than I have. So, you know, as we get ready for this what we are assuming is going to be one of the best college football games of the day at any level this week, do you have any specific favorite memories of the Anchor Bone classic? Anything that jumps out to you as something that, you know, as you watch this game or as you think about this game that really jumps about as the, uh, the big moments in this rivalry?
2: Well, I think the playoff with 35-38 win in 2015 at Ferris. Um, actually, 38-34 was that score. Um, that, was, that was that was kind of a neat neat game to be a part of. Uh, Ferris won the regular season matchup, and then Grand Valley State defeats them. Jason v- Vanderlein was a senior that year and uh, knocked them out of the playoffs. I, I go back to the 2001 matchup at Ferris State. Grand Valley State won 63-17. Uh, that one Kurt, sounds fun. Kurtanes threw eight touchdown passes, six to David Kirkus. So imagine that catching six t- touchdown passes in a game. Well, that's how he 70 throws. in two years. That's I how he 70 in two years. So that was obviously a fun game. But it's been a great rivalry over the years. Um, Fair State has won the close matchups in the in the most recent years. Um, Grand Valley State was dominating early, and Tony Neese has done a nice job. Um, they've won the close matchups. You know, it's it's funny because everybody thinks, oh, they they've won all these games. Like you said, have come down in the last four year, four meetings the last play of the game yeah I, I mean easily, I remember my very first memory was four. the Reggie
1: Bell one on the road at yeah. Ferris State The Lakers had take the lead missed the extra point yep. the big play down the middle of the field probably could have been a holding call there that wasn't called and then uh, Reggie Bell who seemingly couldn't walk was able yeah. to get to the pylon just ahead of the Lakers mm-hmm. and winds up scoring and 28-27 was the final there unfortunately as Grand Valley came up just a bit short but it's been like that year in and year out you remember the one at I mean, yeah, maybe the one on Fox Sports wasn't as close, but it was close the entire time. The Lakers led at halftime in that game and then just kind of ran out of firepower towards the end. But uh, they've been right there in every single one of these games. All right, let's talk implications of this game because you just mentioned how in 15 they played twice. They did the same thing in 16. Something tells me there is a
2: chance these two teams could play twice here in 2021. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, with again we mentioned earlier, three of the top five teams in the country are in the same region: mm-hmm. Northwest Missouri State, Fair State, Grand Valley State, all in the same region. They will meet up in the playoffs at some point in time. Now you'd like you'd like to be the number one seed, where you're going to host the the championship game in that region and get a buy where, and you get a buy in that first round number two and three probably going to be grand valley state and fair state or northwest missouri state depending on that but that two and three matchup is going to have a regional semifinal game and then you're going to play the number one seed the following week so obviously you want to win and, and, and host and so and you want to have home field advantage depending on on the on playing any of the teams of Northwest Missouri State or Ferris. Barring so, a shocking
1: slip-up from either Grand Valley, whoever wins this game the rest of the way, you'd imagine that whoever wins this game Saturday night has the biggest win in the region and has pretty much put themselves in the one seed, barring anything shocking, as I mentioned.
2: Yeah, the only thing is Northwest Missouri State's going to have 11 Division II games. Yep. Ferris and Grand Valley are going to have uh, 9 and 10 Division Two games, so how much is that going to play a role? I, th- I don't think losing the Edinburgh game because Edinburgh is not playing well right now, mm-hmm. having that game canceled really is not that big of a deal because you don't have that strength of. That's not affecting your strength of schedule. The, the biggest th- one is that lacrosse is D three because we couldn't find a D game. So that only that'll give us nine Division two games. Right. How is the committee going to look at that in this times of, of cancellation and games? I'm not sure how they're going to look at it. I don't think we'll be penalized, but if Northwest Missouri State runs the table and goes 11 and 0, has 11 Division two wins. You know, is there anybody
1: the on their schedule? And I don't maybe you don't have that right well, in front they, of you. Is there anybody on their schedule that is comparable to a win like Grand Valley or Ferris will get Saturday night?
2: No, but the, and and no, not really. And, but they almost did lose to Pitt, Pittsburgh State on Saturday, 2019. They were down 13-0, nothing came back and won 20-19. So, but you, you know what? Just win the game and let everything else you know handle itself. 100%. I mean, all of that is for us to talk yep. about. The teams can't worry about where they're
1: going to be in the regional rankings that's for us to pontificate on and think about and have fodder for radio shows but once again grand valley state ferris state the anchor bone classic is coming your way saturday night from Lubber stadium in allendale again tickets are sold out students you can still come to the game with your valid id we will not turn you away To watch the game, since you can't be there if you haven't already gotten a ticket, it's on the Grand Valley Sports Network pay-per-view streaming out of market. And then in market, you can watch it on WGVU. Check your local listings. And, of course, you can hear it on our sister station, 97LAV. Steve Lloyd-Jones and Tim will have the call for you there. I'll get your coverage started at 530 with our tailgate show from the new tailgate town in Lot B, and it should be a really, really fun atmosphere. Well, when we come back, let's talk to the head man himself. Head coach Matt Mitchell broke down that Northwood victory, and then he previews the Ferris game as well, so stay tuned for that. We'll have Mitch on the other side of this timeout here on The Ticket.
0: Anchor Up! Weekly presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Number six, Grand Valley State claimed a 70-9
1: to victory over Northwood Saturday night before a Laker Family Day crowd of 15,000. The Lakers are still undefeated at 5-0 overall and 2-0 in GLIAC play. Joining us now to talk about his team is Matt Mitchell. And Coach, 100 wins now for you for your career. We had a lot to talk about with 70-point performance.
3: But for you personally to have your family on hand to win that 100th game, what does that mean to you? It was awesome. You know, I think it's just... Uh it's really just kind of a, a neat experience for everybody involved, and for me, you know, reflecting just kind of a milestone on a career to reflect back upon, obviously. Came here as a head coach, great history and tradition, so I was able to inherit a program with a really strong foundation, and I've had the opportunity to coach uh, a lot of great players over the course of time, worked with a lot of good assistant coaches, had some great mentors, both in coaching and athletic department, that have uh, really set a strong foundation. So excited to be at 100, uh, but not done. Um, you know, wanting to move on and continue to try to strive to be the best we can be day in, day out. A resounding way to get the win, 70 points for your team. You had to be really happy with what your offense did this weekend. Yeah, it did a great job. You know, I think, uh, again, we have really started halves the first half and finished her first half really well. Um, you know, the first possession of the first five games, we've been very efficient, have not gone three and out. Whether we've scored them four of the five, and the other one, we've really set up a good field position. And then we've stayed aggressive at the end of halves, you know, and four of the five games we scored on the last possession head into halftime too. So that's been really good with our offense. Um, you know, I think that first drive was really critical. You know, the Northwood made some plays in the past game, got up us on a 6-0. Um, you know, as we mentioned, the post-game show, there was a third third and long that Cade converted to Daryl Johnson, a two freshman, I think was probably the play of the game, because that really gave us that energy and spark to go down and score, and then we just were very efficient the rest of the way. Um, we executed at a very high level in the first half with our starters, and we were without um, you know an offensive lineman, a tight end, three receivers. We were down some guys, so I was really proud of some new starters that kind of stepped into that moment, that were backups that executed with our offense. And again. Um, it was really nice to see Hunter Rising get going. Um, that was uh, intentional for us to, you know, get him the ball a little bit more and try to make sure he was in a position. And I think you saw Cade make some plays again with his arm and his feet. And uh, we had some explosive runs. Really got on him. So. You know, not a lot of things when I watched the tape that I was disappointed in with our offense in the first half.
1: Number three scoring offense in the nation so obviously things have been going well all year but it seems like particularly the last two weeks the passing game the deep passing game has really taken a next step what have you seen with that what's been the growth or what's been the impotence behind the growth of that?
3: Yeah I mean I think coming out of the uh, Michigan Tech game uh, we you know we we were a little bit trying to focus on some inconsistencies that were occurring whether it was protections uh, whether it was fundamentals of the quarterback position fundamentals and routes and just trying to you know make some plays in the passing game So we made a really concerted effort um, going up to Saginaw Valley, and and part of that was because Saginaw had a good front. And also this was a week because uh, when you took a Northwoods team, we felt like there would be some opportunities within their secondary to make some plays. And so we really have been working hard on that in practice um, to try to grow and improve and become more explosive in the pass game. You know, I think we knew the strength of this team would be O-line tight ends, running backs, heading into the season. You of I've have, have talked about in some season previews. We felt like for this team to be explosive, to try to be one of the top teams in the nation scoring offense, you know, getting the passing game going was important. And I think that our guys really bought into that challenge that we've had, and it has showed up on tape showed up with 70 points this past weekend, but only nine allowed, so let's go back to the defensive
1: side of the ball. Northwood comes down, long touchdown drive, they hit a couple of deep passes on you, scored that early touchdown. Then the receiver that caught all three passes doesn't touch the ball again, and you give up three points the rest of the way. What was the adjustment your defense made? You had to be really happy with the way they played after that first series.
3: Uh, They did, you know, and I want to highlight they played very physical all night, uh, did a really good job. You know, in that opening drive, um, we were in cover three, they had a couple of bang posts, Uh, you know, could have had maybe a little more depth at the corner position, but that's one of the things on the board, you know, if there was one defense that defended everything, everybody would run it all the time and scoring would be at zero. So you know there's a there's positives and negatives with every defensive call that you make. And I'll credit Northwood. There was some contested plays and that could happen in the passing game. It was a good throw, a good catch, their guy was right there. It wasn't wide open. Um, and in know the one touchdown catch we got to be better in regards to uh, playing man and being in a better position but after that you know I thought we did a really good job settling in I think the one thing uh, we got a lot a lot of hits on the quarterback uh, we, we hit the quarterback even though the ball got off sometimes there was a lot of a lot of violence on the quarterback which was really important so our defensive line continued to play and as I mentioned um, from all three levels you know we were really physical in the run game uh, putting our hands on guys block destruction and casual Goldsmith was a good back coming into the game we really limited his his touches and carries and I think the thing that was was exciting for us on the defensive side of the ball, Jay, because we pulled all of our starters on both sides of the ball at halftime. Did not see a significant drop-off with the second group in the second half. Really only yielded three points, and majority of the time Northwood did have their starters in for the for almost the entire second half and was running their offense. And this guy's got a great you know red zone stop, which we've been great at red zone stuff. So we really came in and really uh, touched on that and really coached those guys up. I mean, I can't tell you how valuable experience is for a lot of first-year players who never play a football game to go out there and have that experience.
1: Yeah, for Queen, Lowry really stood out to me on that second unit. But I- Want to talk about Denzel Williams because mm-hmm. he got to play for the first time this past week and <clears throat> boy was he electric!
3: Made a lot of plays. You know, I think uh, Denzel was a transfer from um, Old Dominion that uh, was a really, really productive player there, and it taken some time off from the game, and I kind of got back on his radar. He actually reached out to me last spring. Got him in the summer and then uh, we just had a series of some things from a health standpoint you know that he wasn't clear to play and he he worked incredibly hard staying locked in um, as a special teams coordinator i could tell that he was going to be a good special teams player makes a really big play on kickoff in the opening kickoff blocks a punt you know that is our third time we scored on special teams in five games and he was a big part of that against first action he played some snaps on defense and did a good job on defense so it's exciting for us to uh, bring another um, really experienced football player that has played at really highest level FBS football that can come in, help us on special teams, and kind of spell T.J. Uh, Crosby at the nickel position, too. As the annual Anchor Bone Classic against Ferris State comes to
1: Allendale this Saturday in a matchup of undefeated teams, coach, this one needs no further hype than it already has.
3: Yeah, there's obviously a lot on the line. If you take uh, a step past the natural rivalry, the two institutions and athletic departments football teams, you have uh, they're in our region, NCAA region, there's only four undefeated football teams. There's two of them we're facing off Saturday in Allendale has big implications on the conference championship race. And there's just, you know, a lot on the line in regards to both the uh, GLIAC and postseason play. Obviously,
1: emotions will be high. It's gonna be at Lubber Stadium, a packed house once again. How do you keep the energy level at the right build throughout this week?
3: Yeah, and I think that's one thing that uh, previous experiences will lean on. Uh, you and I have talked about in the show with the year off of COVID, when we took the field against the national-ranked Colorado State Pueblo, um, our guys were really hyped up to play that game very energetic and uh, you know we were focused though in the way we executed especially in the first half and so I'll point back to that um, even point a little bit to Saturday against northwood you know the fact that uh, we had uh, you know a crowd that was in the top ten you could really feel the energy coming back home after two weeks on the road so try to channel all that and really try to make sure that we have a lot of uh, energy which we will but that energy is focused in the right things and that's on our guys alignment assignment execution um, doing the little things that occur throughout the course of a football game and I will also say you know that first state is a extremely talented football team, one of the most talented teams that I've seen in my time at Grand Valley, they are going to make some plays on both sides of the ball. And uh, we have to make sure that we uh, don't uh, flinch in those moments when they do make it, that we uh, handle that adversity the right way and move on to the next play.
1: How much will some of that adversity you faced early in games earlier in the season kind of help you kind of point back to those moments when you
3: know you're going to face that against a really good Ferris team? I think it's going to be immense and even like uh, looking back to the Northwood game when they scored in the opening possession, we did not flinch on the defensive bench. There was no uh, sense of panic because it went down and scored. We were supposed to, you know, we were supposed to obviously just kill Northwood, but we didn't really flinch in that moment, you know. Uh, we know winning football games is very, very difficult and that there are some really good uh, teams in our league and there's some good teams and Ferris is a team, so they're going to make plays and we have to accept that fact. We have to limit the number of those plays and make sure that we don't give up a lot of explosive plays for touchdowns when their offense is out there, but they are going to make some plays. They're talented. And we've got to just uh, make sure that we understand that and we'll work work to keep our composure throughout the course of the game.
1: On the offensive side, a lot of the times, Ferris, their calling card is their quarterback runs their offense literally. What is yeah. the key to kind of slowing them down on the offensive side? Well,
3: that's what's been unique, I think, about Ferris. That's why the number one team is scoring offense and uh, and total offense through uh, seven weeks of Division II football is because they've they've played three guys at the quarterback position, and those three guys um, individually have a little bit different skill sets that make them very dynamic and explosive, and the coaching staff does a great job of trying to uh, fit their scheme to match the strengths of their quarterback position, and that has always been a calling card at Ferris State. So. You combine um, some talented quarterbacks that have unique skill sets with a physical outline, line, a really dominant backfield of running backs, and they are really talented receivers. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's a very, very skilled, talented offense. Like I said, this is one of the most talented offenses that I've seen on tape out of them. Well, Coach, it's going to be a big stage, packed house,
1: the biggest game in Division II, maybe in all of college football this week. We're really looking forward to it. Go get win 101, okay? Okay, thank
0: you. This is Anchor Up Weekly, an in-depth update on GVSU athletics on the Grand Valley Sports Network.
1: Welcome back here on Anchor Up Weekly. Jake Levy, Tim Knopf, with you. You just heard from head coach Matt Mitchell after that resounding win for the Lakers against Northwood in the preparation for the Anchor Bone Classic. Meanwhile, on the soccer field, the Grand Valley State women's soccer team returned to form as well. They've been number one in the country. They've been undefeated all year, but the offense hadn't quite been what the Lakers had maybe been accustomed to in the last few years. But boy, did that change in a big way on Friday night, on senior night, with that historic class unlike any other. All coming back, the ones that had left a little bit early because of COVID, plus the ones that took their extra year here in 2021. And they get an 8 nothing win against Davenport. It was their highest output of the season, and that was really, really good to see, Tim. They scored early, they scored often, and they uh, they did what they were supposed to do.
2: Yeah, that was like a varsity versus JV game when I was there <laughs> watching. That was uh, the Lakers completely overwhelmed Davenport. I mean, it was crazy watching the uh, athletic ability in the field between those two teams, uh, Was, was uh, there was a vast difference. Lakers' speed, physical nature, passing the ball, you name it, all of every phase of soccer, Grand Valley State dominated that game. And and Demport was just overwhelmed. I mean, yeah, it looked like vintage function. Grand Valley State. Side. Yeah, I mean it, it, was, it was
1: really a great effort, start to finish. They took a good shot on goal. Kennedy Beard took a shot a minute into the game that their keeper had to make a really nice save on. Meanwhile, Greta DeLoach has a hat trick in the first half. She only played 18 minutes and scored three goals, a natural hat trick in the span of eight minutes. And 15 seconds, just ridiculous for Greta. She earns Gliak Player of the Week honors, and she now leads the conference in goals and points. She has 11 goals for the season with six in her last three games. She's a super sub. She doesn't like to start. She likes to come off the bench.
2: She's more comfortable in that role. But, hey, any way you can come on and give us goals, we'll take them. Well, think about that. When you bring a player of that ability off the bench, And like we, we've talked about over the years, the the depth of, of Grand Valley State and the overall f- uh, fitness of Grand Valley State just overwhelms its opponents. When you bring players off the bench of that ability who are fresh, going against a team that isn't subbing like that and is just flat out tired. Yep. I mean, that's depressing when you when, when they're when they're out there running around. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this game is not fun. Slow down. Just stop running. You know, and so again, they just overwhelm opponents and they overwhelmed Davenport, and uh, it was just great to see. You could see all the, you know, you could just see uh, as they scored those goals, it was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're, we're back. We're back. We, we, we can do this. And uh, again, they just needed that little boost of confidence and for them to take off.
1: Senior transfer, Matty Nags also had a hat trick. Taylor Reed scored the game winner in the seventh minute. And Darlene Rademacher also scoring for the Lakers as well. Grand Valley State now 10 0 1 on the season. They have seven games into their conference schedule of 14, so they're exactly at their halfway point. Grand Valley State leads the conference in goals scored, goals allowed, corner kicks taken by a very large margin. And then they have some individual performers I told you about Greta. In addition to that, Chantel Carranza is leading the way in assists for the season with seven. And then Callie Rich doing a really nice job in goal. She leads in save percentage and goals against average. So Grand Valley State really doing what they're supposed to do in the conference and setting themselves above everybody else. They're now in sole possession of first place as well, by the way, after Ferris State tied with Saginaw Valley last weekend as well. So Grand Valley at 6-0-1 in the conference is alone in first place. They take on those Saginaw Valley Cardinals this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Women's volleyball went 0-2 this past weekend. A tough look on the road at Saginaw Valley and Wayne State. So we're going to talk to Katie Barron here next. She's going to break down the senior night win and talk about the transition to a new head coach and all the things going on with GBSU soccer. It was awesome to chat with her. And then Jason Johnson will break down that week and preview what the Lakers need to do to bounce back in that important Midwest regional crossover coming your way this weekend on the road in Hammond, Indiana. So here are Katie Barron and then Jason Johnson to talk women's soccer and volleyball. I'd like to welcome in senior Katie Barron. Katie, thanks so much for being here. Let's start with senior night, a really, really cool night to honor 11 seniors that have given so much to this program after such an unusual year. How special was that night for you and your classmates?
4: Yeah, it was incredibly special. Um, I don't think it was anything we ever could have imagined. Um, The celebration that the team put on, you know, starting with the locker room and even the parent tailgate. um, It was really, really incredible.
1: It's awesome to see how well this team has adjusted to a new coach. Let's go there now. Obviously, Jeff was here for six years, had a ton of success under him. Jim takes over this program. You guys seem to have not missed a beat. Ten wins in 11 games, undefeated on the season so far. How has the adjustment been for this team?
4: I think it's been really good. Um, I think everyone has bought into what Jim was trying to implement in our program. And I think one of the biggest things is he was never trying to... Um, destroy or take away anything we had already already created he was just trying to add things and um, complement what we already started
1: that 2019 team that won the national championship set the school record 117 goals this year maybe the goals hadn't been quite there yet that all changed on Friday night what was the difference to get you guys back on that firepower way that we're used to
4: oh that's a good question Uh, I think I think girls are really settling into their roles Um, know the first person I can think of is Greta has really just been a firecracker off the bench and she's brought a lot of excitement and a lot of goal scoring every time she steps on the field so I think players are really starting to settle into their new roles um, compared to their 2019 roles so
1: A role that you've had in the past on that right wing, obviously you have that tremendous speed and pace and the playing the balls into the box. One of my favorite moments from you is that St. Rose game. I want to go back to that moment, the cross you had into Rico Cigar. Just take us through a few, I know that memory still sticks in your brain. Take us back to that one because that's one of my most special memories of you.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can play that so vividly in my head over and over again. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, my one of my strengths is doing exactly that you know picking out players in the box and um, they put themselves in the right places and in the right situations and i guess i'm the lucky one that they're there (laughs) but uh yeah you know playing with players like that though i could really serve any ball in the box and i'm very confident that you know anyone's going to get on the end of it so Yeah, that was a special moment for sure.
1: Great to see the team offense you guys can put together. Now let's go back to that whole in general that trip to the national championship. It was a wild trip to Minnesota, straight to Pittsburgh, two weeks on the road as a team. What an experience that was! Uh, But so that's one of my favorite moments with this soccer room. You've been here for a few years. What are some of your favorite moments as a GV soccer player?
4: Oh man, that's that's a good one. There's a lot, but definitely going back to 2019. I guess the the transition from 2018 to 2019. um, you know, losing the national championship in 2018. And then just the resilience and determination we showed throughout that whole next year to come back and win it again. I think we proved exactly why, you know, we should be on that high stage and um, that we are the best team in the country. And I think now in 2020, we're looking at, you know, our affirmation season to really confirm that, you know, we didn't just win that game by a fluke. We really are um, the greatest D2 soccer program there is and um, there's really not one specific moment but uh, it's all been really special.
1: It has been a special career for you and it's even more special to have your parents and your grandparents at basically every single game. Yeah. You knew you weren't getting out of this interview without a shout out to your grandparents. I want yeah. you to tell the, the world about how special they are because they are at every single soccer every match single you play.
4: Game. Yeah. They're even there before we step on the field. <laughs> they're there before I They get to their bleacher spots, the same seats every game, every time. And um, it's been incredible to have them. Um, I'm the youngest of 11 grandchildren on that side of the family, and the only college athlete. So they, it's really special for them to, um, they're, re- they're really involved in all of our lives, but it's, it's different. Um, we're a huge sports family, so to actually have a college athlete playing, and um, they love it. It's, it's, their, it's their life.
1: Well, it's been awesome to hear some of those cheering sections for you that come to each and every game. We're looking forward to this weekend. Again, it's alumni weekend before we let you go on Sunday with all the people from the past 25 years coming back. How special is that gonna to be to you guys to see where this program came from to where it is now six-time national champions? Yeah,
4: it is, um, it is really incredible. Um, I don't know much about the alumni from I'd say five years ago, but you know the more recent alumni, uh, you talk about Jess Radis and Sydney O'Donnell, um, they've clearly left such a big legacy for our program, and they embody everything that Grand Valley Soccer is. So it's really special to see to see them come back and to see what they've laid a foundation for, so I'm excited.
1: Rattling off a couple of All-Americans isn't a bad list to uh, <laughs> yeah. go with. Well, Katie, yeah. we're looking forward to seeing you continue this season. Best of luck the rest of the way. Congratulations on a great career, and thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
1: GVSU volleyball hit the road this week, dropping a pair of matches. A look ahead now to the Midwest Regional Crossover Tournament this weekend. Joining us now to talk about his team is head coach Jason Johnson. Coach, a tough trip across state to the east side. A couple of losses for you, but your team probably has some lessons they can learn from this weekend as well.
5: I would hope so. I mean, again, I've talked with our kids a little bit uh, obviously through last week and through the weekend that I don't think our week of preparation was where it needed to be. Um, you know. And that's on us as coaches, not just on the players, but I think it's a collective effort of what we need to do as we prepare going into weekends each weekend. A little bit more difficult or or different, I guess I'll say, playing on a Saturday-Sunday where you're not having the normal Friday-Saturday. So getting up on Saturday morning and traveling over, and I I don't know if we really handled that well, uh, obviously, didn't perform at our best against Saginaw, but I thought Saginaw did a great job of just um, controlling tempo on their side of the net, and it forced us into some uncomfortable situations.
1: These are two very different style of teams you're playing mm-hmm. on back-to-back days. Let's start with Saginaw. They're a team. First, their gym is really tough to play in. Yep. And second, they like to kind of muck things up. So, when you do that going in, what yep. was the strategy, kind of trying to combat that at Saginaw Valley State?
5: Well, I, you know, I think you've heard this out of me quite often throughout the season. It's serve, receive, passing, and serving. And when we can control that on our side of the net, when we can stay in system with our offense, when we can get moving a little bit and get into a flow, I feel like we have a a good offense that can be successful. Saginaw did a great job of getting us uncomfortable. Uh, Our passing was not where it needed to be, therefore we had to rely on hitters uh, at a higher volume than what I think we would like to do. And so when that starts happening, it plays into the, the what Saginaw wants to do defensively. And they just, again, made us
1: uncomfortable throughout the match. Then you go to Wayne State, and they're mm-hmm. a very good offensive team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this both teams hit over 220 for the match, so yeah. it's not like anything was bad on the offensive side. This just seemed like one where it was kind of two heavyweights going at it, and they just seemed to come out on top more than you guys did.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that. I. I I talked with our staff afterward and just like you said it was a tale of two different matches. I thought Friday night or Saturday we struggled offensively where on Sunday we hit well enough to win the match. We just could not slow them down with our blocking with our defense um, and that created issues for us. You know the one set we win our blocking our defense was great we were able to get them out of out of system more but the three sets we lose we gave up over a 300 hitting percentage for all three of those sets and you're not going to win many matches doing that we've
1: we've talked a lot about Sarah White This Mm -hmm. year and she's kind of taken a bigger role a new role this year to see her bounce back the way she did on sunday has to give you that silver lining of an 0-2 weekend to say she really did step up in that second game and bounce back after a tough saturday
5: yeah and again i think that's what you're always looking for with your players is how do they respond to adversity and i thought sarah yeah had a rough match against saginaw and turned it around had a different energy about her a different commitment to what she was doing Um, was in a better place you know whether that's just emotionally or energy whatever it is was in a better place against Wayne State so it allowed her just to get going a little sooner and because of that had a good match against them. 5-3
1: 5-3 and three in the GLIAX. We're so still mm-hmm. sitting in that upper portion now as we head into this Midwest regional yep. crossover. You explained to our viewers last week why this crossover is so important, but now as you enter this week now, where do you feel you guys are going to stand? I know it's not totally decided yet, but what kind of matches are we looking at this weekend? What can we expect from the crossover?
5: Well, like you said, I think we're still sitting in the top half. Um, we get six teams that go into that top half, and, and like I said last week, it's an important area to be because you're starting to play teams that are going to be in the conversation of regional berths for the NCAA tournament. So my hope is we will get a couple good matches under our belt out there. We need to do well. You know, a two and one, a three and zero oh record will really help us, you know, ourselves back in that conversation, but then it's turning back around when we get back to conference and having a strong finish to the season. We have some tough matches coming up at home. Again, the nice thing is we'll finally be at home for a couple
1: weekends in a row. Yeah, we're excited to get you home for quite a few games in that back yes. half of the schedule, but how do you use this Midwest region? It's one of the only sports that does this kind of break mm-hmm. from conference play. How do you use this as maybe a reset and maybe this is the perfect time coming off that 0-2 weekend?
5: Well, I think more than anything, what you're trying to do when you get into this tournament is your conference wants to do really well. You want every team in your conference to win as many games as possible because then when you come back home and you're playing your conference matches, they have wins and you have wins over teams that are going to be talked about in regional rankings. So when they're looking at at at-large berths into the NCAA tournament, if, if Ferris and Tech and Northern and all these teams go over and have a lot of wins, that just helps our conference look stronger, which allows us to get more teams into the NCAA tournament.
1: That's the goal, getting to the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. The first step is to take care of business this weekend. At least three matches this weekend. Coach, best of luck. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it.
0: Anchor Up Weekly, presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network.
1: Welcome back one final time to this week's edition of Anchor Up Weekly. It's all brought to you by DTE energy and brought to you in part by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Confidence comes with every car. Jake Levy and Tim Knott back with you one final time here as we get set to look ahead to what's on the horizon this week for Grand Valley State. We will start with what's on the road. Grand Valley State Volleyball is departing to the Midwest Regional Crossover in Hammond, Indiana. And Tim, Jason Johnson kind of broke it down for us earlier in the program, but the importance of this Regional Crossover is that this is giving you some really important in-region matchups that will help determine down the road when regional rankings come out for the NCAA tournament, where you stand and kind of helps do some tie-breaking and really starts to solidify which conferences deserve more bids.
2: Yeah, in in terms of the crossover between conferences, yes, this is huge because you want to get that head-to-head win over the other conferences, especially among those teams you're battling with uh, for the regional tournament berths. Uh, The Gliak is kind of topsy-turvy. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen from week to week in this league uh, with teams winning and losing. And so you want to gain that advantage by uh, beating those in-region teams from the GLVC and the Great Midwest Conference to get that head-to-head matchup win, uh, teams of, of like nature, and where they're going to be seated in the regional tournament.
1: Yeah, for sure. So volleyball is on the road for that important three matches in two days. They're going to take on Ohio Dominican, UIndy, and Southern Indiana across those two days this Friday and Saturday at the Midwest Regional Crossover. Meanwhile, elsewhere, cross country is at the Jayhawk Invitational over in Muskegon. And then some other road games as well. Women's tennis is at Valparaiso this weekend as well as they wrap up their fall portion of the spring sport schedule. All right, well, that's what's on the road. Now let's talk about what's here at home. The home schedule is presented by American Realty. Make yourself at home. And Tim, I think we have to start with Lubber Stadium on Saturday night.
2: Yep, going to be an electric atmosphere. Get there early. Uh, tailgating lots open at 4 p.m. Gates to the stadium will open at 5.30 p.m. Um, get your parking passes now. Those are going quickly. They sold out last week during Family Week. Uh, it's $10 if you buy in advance, $15 if you buy on-site. Uh, again, like we said, the tickets are sold out, but Grand Valley State students still can get in with a valid student ID. So, Pack Lubber Stadium and make that a, your home field advantage. Like we said, this is the biggest game in the state of Michigan this weekend. Division One, the MAC games, it doesn't matter. This is it. And so get out and watch that game and, and cheer on your Lakers at Lubber Stadium.
1: Yeah, it's really going to be an awesome atmosphere. I know we can't wait for it coming your way Saturday. But the little appetizer on Saturday afternoon in the pool is Grand Valley State has their first home meet of the season.
2: Yeah, uh, Grand Valley State and Lewis in a dual meet at the uh, Laker aquatic center. And uh, again, uh, ri- former Laker assistant Roger Carnes is the head coach at Lewis. It's always a good dual meet uh, between these two teams. And again, Lakers just preparing for uh, the GLIAC championships. That's really, everything's a build up to the GLIACs and you want to do that uh, and, and, and test yourself in certain situations. But uh, 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 Grand Valley State, swimming and diving, men and women both home against Lewis, at so 1 p.m. Saturday. And we'll have that for you on the
1: Grand Valley Sports Network as well. So it'll be a busy day on the network. Of course, as we mentioned, since tickets are sold out to the Anchorbone Classic, if you want to watch it, if you're in the West Michigan area, you can do so on WGVU 35. Check your local listings for what channel WGVU PBS is in your home. Elsewhere, you can watch it on the streaming live on the Grand Valley Sports Network. It is pay-per-view to watch it out of market, so make sure you're aware of that. And then, of course, you can hear it on our sister station, 97 LAV, with coverage beginning at 5. 30. So that's how you can check in on the Anchor Bone Classic. Elsewhere at home for Grand Valley State this week, though, women's soccer trying to stay atop the Gleeck. They have a tough road match at Saginaw Valley Friday at 1 p.m., and they return home on Sunday to take on Northern Michigan at 12 p.m. kickoff. The Lakers are celebrating their 25th season of GVSU soccer, so if some alumni will be back for that. It's also youth day at GVSU soccer, so if you are a youth soccer player, you wear your jersey, you get in free. So make sure if you're in the area, you want to check out one of the best women's soccer teams in the country, ranked number one overall, by the way, that this is a great opportunity to come out and do so. The last couple of games have actually been pretty cool to see some youth teams do the walkout with the team. Cool opportunity for those young women to hang out with the girls and get to see some of the best soccer players in the state, in the country as well, right here in your own backyard. So that's the theme of this week, Tim. Some of the best in the business right here in your own backyard Come on out, be loud, be here early. Tim said it, but I'll tell you what, last week we saw it. Getting here early for Family Day made a huge difference. It was pretty seamless once gates opened and things got in and people were there. There was a good flow, and we expect that you're going to need to do the same again here
3: this week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You want to get here early, um, get on campus, get your tailgating spot in Lot C, G, or H, and um, uh, have a great day of tailgating followed by a great... A evening of cheering on grand valley state to a victory
1: yeah that's what's hope so grand valley state ferris state number two versus number six the top two offenses in the country do battle this weekend well we did all we could to talk about it if you want even more breakdown of the Anchorbone bone classic right here on the ticket thursday night the gvsu football weekly report is live from main street pub in allendale come on out it's always a packed house for that uh, anchor bone week so come on out Hear from Coach Mitch, from some of the student athletes and assistant coaches as well as they give us their per- preparation breakdown just 48 hours out of taking on Ferris State in that massive Saturday night showdown in Allendale. Well, we're looking forward to a busy week leading up to all of that. We appreciate you tuning in with us here today. Tim, great job. We miss anything? Nope, we got it all, Jake. Great job today, as always. Hey, we figured it out this time around. We got it all right. Big thanks to Brian Fongers putting this whole show together for us back in our Cumulus studios. Thanks to Katie Barron, Jason Johnson, and Matt Mitchell for joining us as well on the program. We hope you enjoyed it. And not we'll see you on Thursday for another shot at it. For Tim Knott, this is Jake Levy saying so long, and as always, anchor up.
0: Thanks for listening to Anchor Up Weekly on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Miss any part of the show? Look for the Anchor Up podcast, available tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. Anchor Up Weekly is powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. A special thanks to our partners Coors Light, Country Dairy, Noir Brothers, and True Value. Stay up to date on all things Lakers by following at GVSU Lakers on social media at GVSULakers.com. This has been a special presentation of the Grand Valley Sports Network. We now return to you to regularly scheduled programs. Damn